Disrupt Radio, the sound of Australian entrepreneurial spirit. Self-improvement comes at a cost. Physically, financially, but crucially mentally. How do you stay sane? Maybe you own a business, are an entrepreneur, or simply want to improve yourself. Are you overloaded, overwhelmed, and just over it? On Soul Trader, you'll hear from individuals who have achieved huge things in life, how they keep it together, and how they survive the struggle to success. Hi, I'm Nick Brax, and this is Soul Trader. Disrupt Radio. You've likely heard the phrase, trusting your gut. But have you ever stopped to think about what it really means? Your gut, your intuition, it's a remarkable thing. It's not just a feeling. It's a culmination of your experiences, your knowledge, and your instincts, all distilled into a subtle but powerful force that can guide you in the most critical moments of your life. It's that tug at your heart you get when you meet someone for the first time and you just know, deep down, that you can trust them. Or conversely, that something just doesn't add up. Trusting your gut is about listening to that inner wisdom that often defies logic or reason. It's about recognizing that sometimes your conscious mind can become clouded by doubt, fear, or external pressures, while your gut remains dependable and true. It's about having the courage to follow that hunch, even when the odds seem stacked against you. Think about the times you've ignored that nagging feeling in your gut, only to regret it later. How many opportunities were missed because you didn't trust yourself enough? How many wrong turns were taken because you second-guessed your instincts? We've all been there, haven't we? Trusting your gut isn't taking a blind leap of faith. It's a skill that comes from years of experience and self-awareness. It's about honing your ability to discern between fear and genuine intuition. It's about understanding that your gut's not infallible, but has a remarkable track record when it comes to recognising patterns and reading people and situations. It's also about embracing uncertainty. Life is full of risks, and sometimes your gut might be your only guide when things seem uncertain. Trusting your gut doesn't mean you'll never make mistakes. At some point you will, and that's okay. But it does mean that you'll live a life that's more in tune with your authentic self. It means you'll make choices that align with your values and your deepest desires. It means you'll be more resilient, more adaptable, and more in control of your life. My next guest has navigated her life by fully embracing this philosophy. Soul Trader. Sharia Lees is a TV personality, best-selling author, and TEDx speaker who's dedicated her life to helping people find fulfillment. Sherry, thank you so much for making the time. It's my favorite part of doing the podcast, connecting with like-minded people and uh, being able to yeah, talk about different topics around this industry, mental health, mindset, and you know things we can relate on. So really appreciate you making the time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, are you able to give us a, just for our listeners, a bit of a backstory on yourself and basically how you came to be doing what you're doing now? <laughs> do we have do we've got some time <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's always hard to do yeah to, how, how do you sort of fit that into right um, yeah it's always and you know I, I've done these so many times and I'm still like how do I take that and put it there and but I will uh, and if you don't I like it if it's you know the long convoluted ones are always interesting <laughs> as well so whatever comes out Okay. It's interesting. I just recently said to someone, you know, I came out of my mother, I feel like with a film crew. (laughs) 
like I've always had this this love for for sharing for 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 being I don't know there there's so there's always just been this natural part of me that no matter what it is that I learn and in who I am or what I come across like I want other people to to know about it so that part of me from the time that I was a little girl uh was always there. I talked to everybody. And when I was seven years old, um, I had experienced childhood sexual trauma. So abuse. Um, and, and I share that because when it happens, sorry to just jump right into that, but that's, that's really where, you know, it, it feels like the journey began for me, the disconnection. Yes. So, uh, at that young age, the perpetrator, the, the the man, he had threatened myself, he threatened my family, anybody that if I had shared this. And I still can't explain why I decided to tell, except for the fact that I just knew that I should. And so I found myself at that young age on a witness stand in 1981, speaking out against the man and prosecuting him and putting him in jail. And from that, what feels like that point forward, my life took a completely different journey. I I remember at a young age feeling that I didn't want to be a victim, that I wasn't Mm -hmm. going to allow that experience to set me on a path. Like, Because I knew intuitively that it wasn't my fault. I, I knew that. And I knew that I also knew and had compassion for this guy at a young age. I knew that there was something wrong with him, like that there's must have been something that happened. There was just that whole awareness from a young age. And, but what ended up happening during this, I will not be a victim. I will not allow this to affect me. Anytime any sort of negative emotions would want to come through, I pushed them back down. And eventually, as you know, all of that catches up with you. So I spent the first part of my life really just being happy, you know, and, and, and honestly, I really thought that I was, but then in my early 20s, looking at what my life looked like, looking at the toxic relationships I was in, looking at the unhealthy relationship I had with my body, looking at the ways that I spoke to myself, it was obvious that you know I, I wasn't happy. So anyway, long story short, I spent time, a lot of time, really just reconnecting back to myself, really sitting with the feelings and learning how to reintegrate all of that. And there was a lot of experiences in that. It didn't just happen overnight, but that was really the journey. And once I started what I call healing, and I think we're always doing that, um, I wanted to share that. And that sharing led to becoming a motivational speaker. That sharing led to coaching, becoming an author, now a talk show host. So just wanting to help others realize and understand their power and finding their joy again. I love that. Well, thank you for sharing that and for, yeah, yeah, being so open about it. And I I found by sharing, like you're talking about, sharing those experiences and being open and talking about it, storytelling, essentially, to me, it's been the most powerful thing to connect with other people and for them to be able to relate and understand. I feel like that's what we we need more of in the world. We need more people doing that. Have you found that to be 
one of the most effective tools in helping other people? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's easy for me, specifically as you're saying storytelling, it's, it's easy for me to say, you know, you need to have more joy in your life and you need to do all these things and just go and do it. But unless people actually understand the journey and where I came from and the challenges that I face and then being able to get to the other side and being able to share that with people, then people are able to see themselves within you. And then that gives them hope. It was it was honestly what happened to me at 12 years old. Uh, I remember watching Oprah. I was obsessed with Oprah. At 12 years old, she shared about her abuse for the first time and what had happened to her. And in her telling her truth, what that did for me as a young girl made me like have this goal that or this possibility mm-hmm. that, oh, that could actually be you. You are not sentenced to a life of being unhappy or whatever. So, I knew then that's when I was like, well, I want to do the same thing for people. Like I want to be that hope for somebody else, for some young girl that's watching and know so that that's the power I think and have always known in sharing my truth and being transparent. And even before it became a trendy thing, like where everyone starts telling all their personal problems, I was doing this years ago and I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm just saying intuitively, I knew that if I just shared what was happening in here, that it would help heal someone else. And, you know, you've, there's that authenticity about it and you can tell talking to you and, you know, you've, like you're saying, you've been doing this before it was a cool thing to do or before, you know. Yeah, I know that sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. It's become, you know, in the last probably, what, two to three years, maybe last five years, it's become everyone, you know, it's become almost trendy or Whatever yeah, it is. But, yeah. Share yeah. your challenges, share your problems in your business, like share like what you've been through. And then people suddenly, everyone was popping up with all their issues. And I think it's great. I do. It was just when I was doing it, I got a lot of backlash for that and people being like, you shouldn't share that much. I mean, even my own family were like, I don't know if you should put that out there. And, you know, my, my business partner a while ago said the same thing to me, you know, like, I don't know another way of being. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think, if you and it's really hard and I, I have had so many similar things happen and whenever I took that advice it only led to you know negative things happening in business or whatever I was doing and and I think you know in your gut if you're holding yourself back even if people say no logically the process is meant to be blah 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 well that doesn't mean that process is wrong either that might work for them right. or other people but I think that's such a tricky thing finding but staying true to yourself and you know realizing that there's no right or wrong way to go about it but it's about finding a path that works for you and it sounds like you've yeah sort of been so in touch with yourself that you haven't had a choice other than to just follow that and that was it like I didn't ever know if it was right or wrong whatever right or wrong is it was just this is what I was called to do and just like you said whenever I wasn't fully myself or wasn't aligned with my truth like there was resi- there was struggle there was you know discontent there was all of that and when people ask me cuz in the media i'm known as america's joy magnet which i always joke about i'm like why did i limit myself with branding to only america but that's another story <laughs> so but people ask you know about this joy thing and i s- always say that joy to me True joy is the full expression of myself. And that includes sometimes being sad. And that includes feeling anger and jealousy and all of the parts that make us human. And so when I am not sharing truths, I don't feel joy. Yeah, that's so true. And I think in, in the world now, we're taught that 
we're meant to feel, you know, positive all the time and it's and we should always be happy and, you know, we're comparing to other people when that's actually, like you're saying, should not be the message. It's where if you're a human, you're going to have ups and downs, things are going to happen. It's actually what makes life meaningful and we need to, again, by sharing that and by hearing that, especially when you hear people that have had success that, you know, you are looking up to that are doing things in the realm that you're in. When you hear that they've got their own, still while they're there, they're still having their daily struggles. Again, it gives you that relatability to feel like, okay, like they're actually human like me and they feel all the same things. They have all the same obstacles. Maybe I can do it as well. But when we hear the other messages, it just leads to overwhelm and anxiety and it's it's just not not practical and it's not real. Yeah. And there's so much like the only, the, the hardest people on us are ourselves. And yeah. I know that for me, when I put myself in this box that says, you have to show up this way, it, 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 I do so much mental damage to myself. And again, this, the humanness of a, of it, like I always think, not always, I just made a video this morning about this and it was literally about the pressure to, not feel a certain way. Like, especially when you know better. And by knowing better, I mean, you've done the personal development work, you're like all the self growth, you know, all the tools, you know, all the things, and then you still find yourself some days in that place that does not feel great. And then just the whole internal dialogue that can happen, the I I should have known better, I already know. And that I think is more challenging and hurts us more than the actual situation itself. You might be having a really bad day and your mind is going down that catastrophic thinking path where you, mm-hmm. you're thinking, oh, you know, I can't do this, everything's, everything's fucked, blah, blah, blah. And when you buy into that, you can ruin a whole day or it can bleed into another day. Whereas if you just pause and think, okay, I feel bad right now and I don't need to justify it and I don't need, there's no answer. Maybe today's a bad day. Let's see how I feel tomorrow. And whenever you do that, it sort of, you know, shortens the time of of, of that sort of negative, uh, you don't let it compound. Uh, have you found that's been a big part of it, having that experience? A hundred percent, a million percent. That's really where I see my growth is not that I now avoid all of the situations or can or have evolved to this place where those thoughts never come up. It's how do I handle them when they do? And the best way to diffuse them is exactly what you said, is to just allow them to be. Because I know that when I do not resist them, when I do not try to even analyze them, they pass. Like, it's like a new day. Like, they, I've heard some, I don't know if this data is right, so do not quote me on it. But I've heard like that an emotion can pass in like 10 minutes, like 12 minutes, something quickly, if you just allow it to just show up and do its thing. It, and without, you know, obsessing about it or making it wrong that, yeah. And that's only come with experience, I will say. And because just this morning, as I was getting ready for our interview, I was feeling some self-doubt about something else. And I actually started feeling so good because I had an awareness that I was feeling self-doubt instead of being when the past where I was lost in that story, where I was lost in the self-doubt. Now I mm-hmm. can see that I was having it and then I could navigate through that. I love that. Yeah, because it, it it's so true and, and we can otherwise just sit there and um, put ourselves down and tell ourselves, you know, again, going back to 
what we're saying where we're taught that we should be happy all the time, then you, if you tell yourself the narrative that what's wrong with me, why am I struggling so much, it just gets worse and it compounds and you don't, you know, you don't sort of, we don't have to have an answer for everything and we need That's to right. be okay with not having that. So I guess on that front, it sounds like in your career, you've sort of, you know, I love, I love the, and I can relate to it a lot, I think, where it sounds like you've sort of known in general what you've wanted to do, but probably didn't have an exact blueprint of how it would happen. And by virtue, and I'm just making <laughs> assumptions here, but I set from what you've told me, but it sounds like by just going in that path of, you know, being yourself, by putting yourself out there and, you know, having, being open to where that goes, it sort of has organically built into you having the career that you probably, you know, when you were that 12-year-old girl would have almost said that's the dream career. Is that how it's happened? Because I think that message for people of a lot of the time, it's like, how do I, you know, find my passion, my purpose? How do I make it happen? We fixate on more the end goal and the status of it or the money. And that almost never leads to it happening. Um, yeah. What's your experience been with that? Completely organic, as you said. And I've taken, my friend always says, my mentor actually, well, she's a friend too, but she's a mentor. And she always says, you can't get it wrong, but you can make it long. And that's, I feel like I've taken a very scenic journey yeah. <laughs> to <laughs> where I am now. And what I'm realizing is, is that there was so much beauty in the scenic, but yes. there's also more of a direct path too. And the direct path for me is really about self-belief. That's always the most, the quickest path. Because what happens is that when I start to feel the self-doubt or I start putting all of these, you know, parameters on things, that's what ends up putting us in paralysis. And so yes. it's about going back to, and, and what has happened with my life is, is again, that intuition about going back within to taking that next step that just feels right and feels good. And the parts that have held me up are the times that I have not listened, of course, to the, our inner voice and to our guidance and followed what marketing says I should do, you know, what the next trend is. And even though I knew with every part of me that that doesn't feel right or natural or good, I tried it. And then I was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> like, yes. I need to get back to center. But I've always kept an eye, like a close, like my North Star. Like I always knew that I was going to help people and I knew it was going to be somehow based in entertainment because that's what I love. It's who I am. I came out of my mom with the film crew. Like I knew that. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. just... Yeah. And I've just not, I've just not put such tight, again, parameters on it. I'm allowing what to show up. Cause I also know that there is a greater, that there is bigger out there than I, my little human mind could even imagine. So I stay open. Yeah. And, and all of the things that happen when you're saying, you know, you take the more scenic journey, mm -hmm. it, that maybe there is a more direct path, but it might be, and you never, you know, you look back and end up saying that, but all these things that happened on that scenic journey end up connecting to be part of this bigger picture and the direct path, you might've missed 90% of those. And then maybe longer term, it wouldn't have become as big or, you know, the, the different levels of where you can expand to might not have opened up if you didn't allow that to happen. For sure. Absolutely. Connecting the dots. I always, it is about, I mean, when I look back at hindsight, I mean, that's been my greatest, one of my greatest lessons. Like when people say, how do you, you know, moving forward, 
how do you stay on track or what it is or how do you handle these challenging situations? I always say, I just look back at hindsight and I always see how it's always worked out for me no matter what choices that I've made. And so I trust that when that challenge shows up at my doorstep right now, that it's going to connect, that there's going to be that reason uh, that that happens. So for sure, the scenic route has created who I am today. Like, I mean, even my book, to be honest, like it's all about, it's a road trip. (laughs) It's based off of a road trip and detours and roundabouts and fuel ups. That's what the chapters are broken up into. And it's because that's where I've learned the most. That's where I've unfolded. It's where I've evolved. It's, it's part of the journey. Yeah, that, that is what life is, isn't it? It's what, what's actually happening in front of us right now and the journey, not, not the destination. And yes, that's about yes. embracing that. Yeah, for sure. What's interesting, though, is when I even mean like going more quickly now, sometimes you can find yourself in the same loop, taking mm. that same road when you don't always have to. Like you've already like learned the lesson. It's already been shown to you. And so mm. when I find myself taking that loop, that's when I go, okay, we can get off this exit here. <laughs> you know, like yes. we don't have to do this again. And that's what I did a lot of on that scenic route is that then I would take it again. And I'm like, you already know this. So that's the part where I would make a little different. And I am now by understanding you've already done this. That's a really great point. Yeah. Cause it's, it, you know, it's about taking that scenic route, but then we want to learn from you know, the situations that we go through and use that experience to then make different decisions moving yeah. forward. I guess they say the, the definition of insanity is making <laughs> the same mistake over and over again and not learning from it. So it's actually very good to make mistakes and there's no such thing as failure because that's actually how we learn more. But as long as we can actually learn and make a new, you know, decision from that learning moving forward. So what would you say to anyone listening that is, you know, lacking, lacking passion and, and purpose in their life and they're feeling lost and they don't know how to take that first step, I guess. Like what would, yeah, would, would you have a message for people that are in that situation? Well, my message for everyone always is to first go easy on yourself. Mm. That when we feel, or when I feel like we feel lost, it's, it's, a, it's a part of us that is just trying to up level. It's a part of us that is ready for growth, that is tired of being in the same place. And so to, I think the mindset to understand that that's all that's happening is, you know, our mind is trying to, of course, keep us in a box and keep you safe and to keep everything familiar. And when we start to want more than that, that's, and then we're like, and then we want to fight that because it doesn't feel safe. Then there's that sense of no direction and all of that stuff comes up. So I would say, first, just take a breath. Mm. sit with that feeling, congratulate yourself, celebrate the fact that you are ready and wanting more for yourself. And also knowing that you are, that if you follow your gut and your intuition and your heart, that you will be held every step of the way. I think that's such great advice. And I, I feel like the gut always knows it's more, can we trust, you know, and be willing to trust that, it's going to be okay if we follow our gut because it can be scary. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Uh, Most of the time that, or a lot of the times, I think it starts, you know, the first time that we ever got let, let down, someone let us down or disappointed us. And we were so wide open and vulnerable, especially as kids, right? Like we're, Mm. we haven't built all of these walls yet. And so I think there's a remembrance 
of having that openness and that trust and then, you know, somebody or something letting us down. So of course we naturally want to close off to that, but then we spend so much time in fear and not living our truth. And that's more damaging than just taking, being open again and, and taking that risk, knowing that, that your truth will always, and your gut will always, you know, it's your higher, I, without being all spirit, but it's your higher self. Like it, it knows, it knows. So. Yeah, always knows. And, and I think like you, you, it's an interesting point you're saying there where we spend so much time in fear and trying to avoid feeling uncomfortable and ignoring our gut when we're stuck in that. It is going to be just as uncomfortable, if, if not more uncomfortable, not to f- actually face the fear. We're going to f- still feel fear anyway. So it's a weird thing where you go- are going to have to be uncomfortable no matter what, and time is going to pass no matter what. And so you're going to feel all of these things. So you may as well be suffering for what you actually want or living, you know, according to how you want to live rather than just sitting there and suffering because you're stopping yourself from doing things. You're going to feel, have these feelings either way. That was such a turning point for me. I'm glad you said that in my life because I've always had these big dreams and people are like, how do you, why do you, like you take all these risks? Like, aren't you afraid? And I say, I'm more afraid of living a life that never feels fully connected or I never have the opportunity to get what it is that I want. I'm going to be scared no matter what, you know, like, and, but I would much rather, just as you said, be heading towards what I want than away from it because there's at least a chance. Exactly. And, and, you know, for me, the biggest, the only real fear is being on my deathbed and having regret looking back and thinking, what if, what, even if it doesn't work, as long as you, yeah, as long as you know, you truly tried to do, you know, followed, lived life according to what you really believe in, tried for everything you want to do, you know, did all of that, then you can't really have regret, but thinking what if that would be, you know, terrifying. Yeah. That's more detrimental to me than anything else. This never having gone for it and looking back and go, Oh, I wish I would have. Yeah. Uh, Because I think that in anything that we tried, especially when we go after something, it is that we really believe in and that our soul, our spirit is really aligned with, like we always win. We always win in some way, whether it's getting the thing that it is that you want or whether it's personal growth or whether it's meeting somebody along the way, you know, there's always some, it's going to sound cheesy, but there's always some gift in that aligned path that we take. Oh, there is. And I think the gift is often a bigger gift than we think it is. It just doesn't look like we thought it would look. And I mean, I like similar to you, I've sort of been in and out of the entertainment industry and, you know, love that area and, I, you know, see so much overlap because that's sort of my goal as well through the mental health work, wanting to be combine that with entertainment and use that to get, you know, the stuff that I love doing to be able to help people. But originally when I got into the acting, I was insecure and I thought I want to be this huge movie star and I want the attention, I want this and whatever. And, you know, it was unrealistic and it was also, if you do get that, I'm sure that's not going to be the, the cure. But because of wanting that, I went on that path and then that unfolded in a different way where it actually opened up all of these other things that now wouldn't have happened if I didn't do that. So you sort of don't get the exact thing that you thought you wanted, but on reflection, it's probably better. So it's, it's just about taking that direction, you know, taking the first step. For sure. That is such a similar story. You know, I, I wasn't wanted to be an actress in a former life too. And after, you know, the trauma that I experienced, there was the needing to feel 
good enough, needing to feel worthy. And so being an actor and getting the applause and all of that external validation, that was, you know, the guiding force for me until I realized that none of that ultimately mattered. I remember, I remember one day, many moons ago, like scrolling through my comments on Facebook. And there was, this was like when it was really engaged at the time. And I just dated myself with saying Facebook, but whatever. (laughs) And I remember there was all of these beautiful compliments and people saying all the things that I had always wished. And I remember scrolling and just feeling numb Mm. and realizing there that all of these things that I think I needed from the outside were none of it. It was everything that I, I, I needed from the inside. But I wouldn't have gotten there without, you know, having had that part of the acting and, and going after that and then realizing that, you know, I desired and, and wanted more than that. Through the work that you're doing, what, what would you say is one of the biggest obstacles or issues you find that people in general or the people you work with have when it comes to mental health, well-being to this area? Is there some main sort of obstacles you see people continually facing in this area? Yeah. Believing their thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. We, my friend, my mentor, again, she always says, and I love this. She said, thoughts just come in and they audition for your attention. They're all just there going, look at me, look at me. And we get to choose who we want to cast in that, you know, in in those roles. And really it's for whatever the reason is and whatever the story is that we create around it, our thoughts do not have to define us. And it sounds so simple and they're not a reality. And that has been, I think people's biggest challenge is believing what shows up. And I'm like, no. And this was a big lesson for me. I get to, I get to create a new story around it. I get to give it new meaning. I get to anything in my life. Like I am the creator of my reality. I get to choose. It's just remember, I think for most people that just because you have the thought doesn't mean that it's true. And, and there's so much liberation in realizing that we all go through that every day. It never goes away. It's actually part of being a human. The only difference is we can learn to not buy into every thought and we don't have to believe them all, like you're saying. Uh, and it's a really hard thing to do, but it's, mm-hmm. the more you do it, it's, it's um, crazy how much unraveling happens and how much you real how much it's control you realize how much it's controlled you and it's yeah more so than you could even imagine once you start seeing it unravel and and that's really what it is it's as it's the awareness like once you start understanding and allowing yourself to see that even just posing the question or the possibility the willingness to know that these thoughts aren't your story or the truth and, and that took me again many years to get to that point but i remember the first time like my mind being or my world being blown open when I realized that I was looking at the world through the lens of this young girl who had been traumatized. I was seeing the world through guilt and through through shame and, and through fear. And that was my story. So everything I saw through my eyes was filtered through that. And then I was reading many books back in the day, like personal, like when I was in my early 20s. And then seeing that there was other possibility and just knowing that there was a different possibility then opened up and then we become more aware and it, and then you get to practice it. And then like this morning for me today, when I was having that self-doubt to be in that moment and go, oh, that's just a thought or that's just a story, but that's yeah. a practice. And, yeah, exactly. And, and similar to thoughts, I think, you know, we all know how important the people around us are in 
you know, our own development and our happiness and everything. But I think we don't put our awareness to that a lot of the time. And often again, until the unraveling happens, we don't realize how much of an effect people around us have had. Is that another thing that you, I guess in your own life, have you found how important has that been having the right people around you? And in the work you do, have you seen that being a big problem with people? Because it seems like that's one of the biggest as well. Yes, <laughs> without a doubt. I feel like you. that was another turning point for me in my journey was in my 20s. You know, I used to, this is when I was having a toxic relationship with men and with myself. Like I was severely obese. Like I was just eating my feelings. I, and I remember one night after partying, I was with my best friend and him and I were talking and I was complaining about another guy and I was saying all the things. And he just looked at me and he said, Sherry, what kind of woman do you see yourself as? And it was the first time anyone had asked me that. And I just kind of spouted out, well, I respect myself. I don't do this. I don't do that. Like all these things. And he said, and he looked at me and he goes, so be her. As an actress at the time, I was like, oh, I can do that. And I heard it in a way that I had never heard something like that before. And the first thing that I did was, what would she do? Well, I would have better people around me. I would mm. not answer a text from that person that is not very kind to me. And so what I ended up doing was starting to weed out the people in my life that weren't healthy. And then I started to feel just different and better. And when someone would show up that wasn't the best energy or the greatest you know, person, it would feel like poison in my body. It would be like, oh, I'm not used to that feeling. And that started the journey of only having people in my life that lift me and support me, that challenge me in a good way. So I think our community, our people are everything for our mental health. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And yeah, it really isn't until you sort of reflect on it or you have done that weeding out that you look back and and you see or when you or when someone negative does come into your life, you can see oh it's almost a shock of looking back and thinking, how on earth was I functioning? when I had yeah. this around me all of the time, because you, you can see it for what it is now. It's like, oh my God, and no wonder, you know, I actually did pretty well with all the noise and chaos around me. Um, I could, how could have I expected any other result when I had that around me? It's just, it's crazy. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, to be honest and to be kinder to ourselves, like it's not about punishing ourselves for those times. It's like, that's where we were. And that's how maybe we felt about ourselves. It's how I felt about myself. It's what I thought that I was worth at the time. Again, being guided, I always knew there was something more. I always felt like there was better. And for me, I just didn't know how to get to that better. I didn't know the roadmap to that. And so I just continually showed up and just kept trying and believing that there was better. Mm. And it's why the work that you're doing is so important because so many people out there don't have that roadmap, don't know where to go. So they need to hear this. They need to hear the stuff that you're talking about. So really is so, so, so important. Soul Trader for the work-life balance sheet. You were saying in that period you were eating your feelings and you were obese at one point. How mm -hmm. how how was that process going from that to then getting healthy again? Or was that a long process to go through? Or how how was that? Yeah. So I realized when I started to allow my feelings to show up that and not numb them that I didn't need to have that same food. Like mm. I didn't need to push that down that, but it wasn't an easy journey. So 
I mm. started working out. I was I had gotten to 270 pounds, five foot four. And I and I say that because I never even saw myself that way. And I would always say to my friends, like, why didn't you tell me, you know, that I was like that overweight and unhealthy? And they're like, we didn't see you that way. I was very unconsciously eating, not knowing that I was stuffing down my feelings. But anyway, so then I started working out and and then I ended up injuring my knee and then I ended up gaining the weight back. Like it was this whole entire process and and then going back to the same feeling. So it is something for me that I never not think about food, even to this day. I don't want to call it a struggle. I don't like that, but it is definitely something that will always be in my awareness and a challenge that I have to be really mindful of because that young girl, when she is stressed or whatever, wants to shut down and close off and disconnect. And so I have to continually be aware of that and keep that in check. It makes perfect sense. And really, you know, it's not probably not about the food. It's just like when these addictions are, it can be anything, you know, someone can be addicted to work and using that to numb themselves. It can be Mm -hmm. alcohol or drugs that are more traditional ones. It can be food. It could be just pure escapism, shutting yourself off, whatever it is. They're all really for the same thing, but food would be in some ways an even harder one to manage longer term because we have to eat every day. How do you, how do you manage that? And on a small level, I know. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. How, how do you I, I do that? People, I'm like, you know, like I have to be around food, you know, and it's like, I can't. So it, it, it is yeah. challenging, but it's definitely a different journey than it was before. Like, because now I'm more conscious of it. Yeah. So it doesn't run or rule. It's there. And it's like playing in the background. And I have to decide what I'm going to give my focus to. Yeah, exactly. And be aware of it. And probably because you have to be so sort of conscious of that it helps you keep yourself on track with everything because you're having to make sure that you're looking after yourself and doing the right thing and you know not when when a feeling does come up or whatever happens you've got to sit in it and actually you know process it and deal with it rather than just going to the the vice to do it and yeah. So I think it's, and yeah. some days I'm successful. Most days I'm successful, but there are absolutely days. I just want to say that I'm not and, and that I'm not perfect. And that I'm like at night, like snacking in front of the TV. And then I want to go back to the cabinet and look for more. And then I'm like, Sherry, <laughs> yes. we don't need this. Like, let's go. And it is a process. And I think it's important to share that because no matter what that is for us, like you said, there are vices for everyone, even if it's just binging on like a Netflix series, like you know, or scrolling on the phone, like trying to not be still with our own thoughts and and the stuff that's happening within. It's that distraction. And I don't want to live my life distracted. No, exactly. Yeah. We want to be aware of it. And then, like you said, also though, not beat ourselves up too much if we have a little slip up or whatever it is. And similar, like I've cut out alcohol now and do a lot of things Mm -hmm. that are really good for me, but my now the vice that I'll go to if I'm really stressed or I've had a hard day it'll be the thing that'll sort of turn my brain off is watching Netflix getting you know bags of chips soda mm-hmm. whatever sit there and just which is not good for me but I you know if I do find myself doing it when I've just feeling overwhelmed I'll sometimes you know I'll be I won't beat myself up it's like you've had a slip up it's okay you know mm-hmm. what I'm I'm doing other things that you know are good and I'm going to try and do better the next day but I think We've also, we can't try and be perfect. You know, we're always Mm -hmm. going to have some, you know, we're not, we're never going to get the perfect balance, but it's about just trying to 
progress a little bit every day. Yeah. I say also like, and if you're going to choose to do that, like then go all in on it. Like instead of beating yourself up on it, like eat the chips, watch the thing and and indulge and enjoy because what's going to happen is that the guilt of doing it is going to cause you to do that again, more so than if you just allow yourself that day or that, you know, that experience occasionally because we're human. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's such a good point. What just for our listeners, what what are some of the things that you do on a daily or regular basis to look after your mental health and your well being in general? Do you have sort of routines that you follow and different things? Oh, for sure. Yes. It, it is like my non negotiables. For me, when I when I think about joy and cultivating joy in my life and what I have found, it's found through connection. And it's connection to five things. Um, I call them my five sparks. Five sparks of joy, and it's connection to ourselves, connection to each other, connection to our planet, to nature, connection to meaning and purpose, and to our creativity. And so, for me, I hit those every day. And so, just a quick so, in the, from the morning, from the moment that I open my eyes and I have awareness, I put my hand on my heart and I feel my heartbeat and I say thank you. And that's because my mind sometimes does want to wake up and start going over all of the things that you know I have to do or aren't going well, right? Like that negative mm. bias like wants to. And so this grounds me right back to the present. So, and then I go for my morning walks. That I cannot not do because then I notice my mm. mental health for the day. So I go for hikes every morning here. Um, and this newer practice that I'm doing that I'm not always successful at, but more so than not is not looking at my phone. Um, mm. First thing when I wake up. The only yeah. thing that I will do is if I wake up super early, I'll put on like inside timer, like a meditation, but that's the only th- reason why I'm looking at my phone. So it's always connection to self in some way. That's, that's a non-negotiable for me. And then I set alarms on my phone throughout the day that just say connection break. And for me, that just means stop whatever I'm doing and just take a breath. And then my favorite, I always say everything's favorite, but I do have lots of things that I do. This one thing I discovered years ago uh, when I was having a breakdown in the shower, thinking about stuff from the past that hadn't surfaced, I heard myself say out loud, all I needed talking about my younger self was just a hug. Mm. And I heard God, source, universe say to me, so give her a hug. And so I wrapped my arms around myself. And I squeezed myself and I felt so much love that now that is a daily practice of mine twice a day is to give myself a hug. They're all so practical and things that, you know, can be incorporated. And the simple things like that, getting up, going for that walk, not looking at the phone, it makes just such a difference in just getting your mind clear and ready for the day. It's so important. Final thing for everyone listening, where can they go if they want to learn more about you? Well, I'm all over social media. So you could just look me up by my name, Sherry Elise. I also have a website, SherryElise.com, which connects to my social. And I have a new show coming out, a talk show. So definitely called Good Morning Joy. So they could definitely follow me on social to hear more about that. Amazing. I'm so glad we connected. Hopefully we can stay in touch and yeah, love everything you're doing. Thank you so much, Nick. It was a beautiful conversation, beautiful questions and beautiful presence. So thank you. In this interview, Sherry shared valuable insights and takeaways around personal growth, authenticity and mental well-being. She emphasized the importance of sharing personal stories and struggles. She believes that by opening up and sharing your experiences, you can connect with others and provide hope and inspiration. This is one of the most powerful ways I've come across to break down stigma and connect with others. No matter who you are, at some point in your life, you'll go through mental health struggles and you often tell yourself the story that you're alone and you're not as strong as others. This could not be further from the truth. 
it takes courage to show vulnerability and it helps others to do the same. Sherry showed a lot of vulnerability when talking about her struggles with food and how she used it as a way to numb her feelings. She described her ongoing journey of making sure to be mindful of her relationship with food and the importance of self-compassion. Sherry's life journey has been filled with unexpected twists, challenges and detours. She encourages people not to be too hard on themselves when feeling lost or uncertain in life. Instead, she advises embracing the more scenic route and realizing that every experience, good or bad, leads to personal growth and new opportunities. Sherry is a big believer in trusting your gut and advises people to trust their intuition and follow their heart even if it leads to uncertainty. She believes that your inner voice usually has the best answer and that stepping into the unknown can lead to personal fulfillment and happiness. She also has a fear of regret and uses this to motivate her on a daily basis. We discussed how the fear of looking back on life and wondering what if can be more detrimental than the fear of taking risks and pursuing your dreams. This fear can push you to take action and prioritize your aspirations, even if it means moving out of your comfort zone and living through uncertainty. Sherry discussed that discomfort is an inevitable part of life, and the sooner that you can accept it, the sooner you can find more peace of mind. However, it's crucial to choose the type of discomfort you're willing to live with. It's better to work towards your dreams, face your fears, and embrace discomfort than to live a life filled with regret. She discussed that every step taken on your path, even if it doesn't lead to the expected outcome, holds valuable gifts. These gifts can manifest as personal growth, meaningful connections, or unexpected opportunities. The journey itself is rich with rewards if you're willing to pause and just reflect. One of the main topics discussed was authenticity and not comparing yourself to others. Sherry shares her experiences of staying true to herself, even in the face of criticism or societal trends. Authenticity is a key element in finding fulfillment. Sherry's interview shows the power of sharing your story, embracing uncertainty, trusting intuition, and confronting fear in exchange for a fulfilling life. Her messages encourage you to take the less conventional and more scenic route, to be open to personal growth, and to prioritize authenticity. Soul Trader. Reworking work. On Disrupt Radio, you'll hear Simon Reynolds. The Business Lounge. Aging passenger John McGrath. He is the king of real estate, no doubt about that. He started his office in his lounge room, his first agency in 1988. It now employs over 2,000 team members in 123 offices. The Business Lounge with Simon Reynolds, spotlighting the most inspiring and tenacious self-made entrepreneurs. I want to do something that leaves a legacy so I can look back and say, okay, got into real estate, did well, hopefully changed the industry, hopefully improved some people around me's lives. That was the story. So it really started predominantly out of fear of never amounting to much. Check in with business guru Simon Reynolds in the Business Lounge. Live on DAV Plus, online and on demand at disrupt.radio.